slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. What a game for the New York Islanders. They get an overtime goal from Anthony Bavillier and beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-2 to force a seventh and deciding game in this series. We're going to break this game down for you, explain how the Islanders managed to come back and win it, and boy, I am proud of this team and their performance in this game. Today's episode brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. So, a 3-2 win. One more magic moment at the Nassau Coliseum, and hopefully there'll still be a few more. We have to wait and see, depending on the outcome of Friday night's big game seven. So more Islanders hockey to come and a big win for the Islanders. If there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about your question, comment, or topic. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during every Islanders game, so join me for instant feedback and analysis, and uh, again, always great to chat with Islander fans or to tweet with Islander fans during the game. It is something I really do enjoy doing. So the Islanders get the win and do it in pretty spectacular fashion. And here's the thing, you know, early on, it was a very even first period, but the Islanders fall behind on points, 14th goal of the playoffs. And then midway through the second period, it's 2 nothing on Anthony Sorelli's goal. And you start to think, oh boy, you know, this team just isn't going to get it done. This season is on the brink. But the Islanders, like they always seem to do this year, last year, under Barry Trotz and his leadership, they stayed the, the, the course and they got it done. Matthew Barzal sets up Jordan Eberle. Uh, less than two minutes after the Sorelli goal made it two to nothing, and the Islanders are back in the hockey game. And then midway through the third period, Scott Mayfield with what was really a sniper's goal. I mean, somebody tweeted, uh, you know, Scotty Mike Bossy Mayfield scored that goal. Yeah, it was a beautiful goal scorer's goal. He pinched because he knew he had to with his team down a goal. 
got in there and managed to put the puck in the only place it could have gone, just under the crossbar and over the shoulder of Andre Vasilevsky, and the game was tied 2-2. And then in overtime, just a minute eight in, Anthony Bavillier ends it, and the Islanders win 3-2. The biggest takeaway I have from this game is that this team just never quits. They do not say die. And it would have been so easy, so easy for any team after losing an embarrassing 8 to nothing game to just sit there and say, you know what, it's over. We were humiliated. We can't beat this team. It's not going to happen. Well, guess what? That's not the New York Islanders. And, you know, at one point, the last 12 goals in the series were all scored by the Tampa Bay Lightning. They got the last two goals in Game 4. They got eight goals in Game 5, and the Islanders didn't score at all. And then they got the first two goals in this game. 12 goals in a row, and this team still didn't quit. And not only did they not quit, it was almost like that second Tampa Bay goal turned on a switch. And Eberle got the goal to get them off the schneid, and then Mayfield the tying goal, and Bo the winning goal. But the beautiful thing about the Islanders in this game, they did not get away from the game they needed to play in order to win the hockey game. And that was the absolute key to this victory. Yeah, they the defensemen did press a little bit more in the third period down 2-1. to one. But overall, the Islanders were able to hold on and get the win because they just kept plugging away and doing what they needed to do. And... You know, you want a statistic that shows how this Islanders team did things so differently than they did in Game 5. In this game, which, you know, there was an extra minute, eight seconds of overtime, but the Islanders held the Tampa Bay Lightning to just 24 shots on goal for the entire game. And... You know, even in the first period, even though the Islanders were down one to nothing, the fact that Tampa Bay wasn't getting odd man rushes and only had six shots on goal in that first period really showed you that the Islanders were playing smarter hockey than they did in Game 5, that they weren't going to get run out of the building. And even when they went down two to nothing, they just kept doing what they needed to do, and it eventually paid off. And I'll tell you something else. The Tampa Bay Lightning deserve all the credit in the world. You know, they lost Kucherov very early in this game. He played exactly one shift, and yet they kept on coming. And, you know, give them credit. They are the Stanley Cup champions for a reason. But you know what? This Islanders team has the resilience and the heart of a champion. They are not as talented as the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they know if they're going to beat you, 
They have to outwork you, and they have to play their game. And that's exactly what they did in Game 6 to force a Game 7. And you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if the Lightning win games 8-0 and the Islanders win games 2-1 and 3-2. The first team that wins four games wins this series. And we all know anything can happen in Game 7. The Islanders have already showed they can win in Tampa. They just need to do it one more time. It will not be easy. It'll be a big challenge, but I'm very, very proud of this hockey team. All right, we're going to discuss this game a little bit more. Looking ahead to Game 7, we've got our Islanders birthday of the day also coming up. All this and more on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. You also, of course, you have the NBA and Stanley Cup playoffs, and though both of them were already in the conference finals, you've got all of your UFC and MMA action. Wimbledon isn't too far away, and of course, NFL training camps open up soon. So you can get all the latest odds, news, and all the info for your sporting needs at Bet Online. Before the next face-off, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign-up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams continue their playoff runs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So again, the Islanders doing those little things that they need to do to win these hockey games. And we've talked about them often throughout this series. But, you know, they stayed out of the penalty box, limited Tampa Bay to just two power plays. They were able to kill them both off. The face-off circle, once again, uh, important for the Islanders. And they end up winning more than 58 percent of the draws in this game and the key on this one uh Jean Gabriel Pajot winning 13 out of 20 Matt Barzal 6 out of 8 Casey Zizekas 3 out of 5 those were the better uh face-off men for the Islanders 7 hits in 12 minutes and 24 seconds for Matt Martin 6 for Cal Clutterbuck and six hits for Adam Pellick. Again, the identity line setting the tone, even if they did not score uh, any goals in this game, but they did exactly what they needed to do. And hey, let's give a shout out to Uncle Leo as well. Three hits for Uncle Leo, but really just a lot of hustle and back-checking and that was a great thing. Adam Pellick and Ryan Pulak each tied for the team lead with three blocked shots. A couple of observations from this game. I still think there is something wrong with Jean-Gabriel Pajot, that he's not completely healthy. Both Pajot and Travis Zajac, his line mate, had no shots on goal in this game. And Pajot just, 
you know, he did very nicely in the faceoff circle, but there definitely seems to be something missing in his game. Yeah, Tampa Bay's doing a good job of shutting him down, but it would not surprise me at all after the Islanders' playoff run is over to find out that Pajot has been playing hurt through, you know, that he was injured sometime early in this Tampa Bay series or late in the Boston series. Uh, Kyle Palmieri had a number of quality scoring chances, uh, but only one shot on goal. So that threesome, that line, had one shot on goal in this game. Uh, as far as Matthew Barzal is concerned, two assists on the first two Islander goals, and he continues to bring it. And credit where credit is due, because yes, the Lightning did try to goad Barzy and get him off his game with some physicality. And the Islanders as a team in this game remained disciplined and did not take foolish penalties that would have given Tampa Bay the advantage that they wanted and needed as far as, you know, having that power play chance. Now, the Islanders' power play went 0-3 for 3 in this game, and they've only scored one goal through the first six games of this series with the extra attacker. I am telling you, if they could get a goal or two on the power play in Game 7, they can really really have a great chance of winning this game. Getting the power play going is going to be vital for the Islanders. And to me, that means you need Josh Bailey and you need uh, Nick Letty to, to make that power play work. And, you know, the thing that I'm seeing still on the power play that is so frustrating to watch as a fan the Islanders are almost killing off the opposing team's penalties by themselves because they, when they do get into the zone and set up, they pass the puck around the perimeter, but they are defensive-type passes. They're not the kind of pass that makes the penalty killers chase the puck, that gets them out of position, that creates a better scoring chance for a teammate because of that motion, uh, the movement of the puck side to side, and then players moving without the puck to set up scoring chances. Unfortunately, right now, we're not seeing enough of either of these factors. And realistically, you know, on the road, the power play is going to be even more important for the Islanders. Because... The Lightning are going to have the matchups they want, and the Islanders are going to have to adjust to that. It's going to be vital that the Islanders connect on at least one power play goal in Game 7, especially if they give too many power play opportunities to the opposition. So, realistically, it is a big, big time to make sure that the power play improves in Game 7, and they've got to work on that in practice tomorrow if they work on anything at all. Got to give kudos also to Jordan Eberle. That goal was a big one, and he led the team with five shots on goal. So Eberle coming through, and boy, Scott Mayfield. 
What a goal he scored. It was a goal scorer's goal, and he got the job done for the Islanders. That's one of his magic moments in an Islander jersey. And you know what? Plus two in this game. How about Noah Dobson? Didn't finish uh, figure in the scoring, but finishes the game with a plus two ranking. And guess what? He is the only Islander who was a plus two in this contest. But here's the bottom line. This was a team effort. This team never panicked, even when they were down 2 nothing. Even when they had given up the last 12 goals in the series, it would have been so easy to get discouraged. It would have been so easy to say, we're done here. We can't beat these guys. But this team, deep down, does believe in itself. And it showed in this game, they dug deep, and they found a way to beat the defending Stanley Cup champions and give us one more magic moment at the Old Barn. If this is the last Islanders game at the Nassau Coliseum, it certainly went out in style. And if it isn't, well, that means there'll be another Stanley Cup final, and that would be a magical way to say goodbye to the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. And I'll say this, if the Islanders do advance and Montreal does win, the Islanders would have home ice advantage in the Stanley Cup final because Montreal did not have as good of a record as the Islanders did. And the Islanders would get home ice for the Stanley Cup final. Now, if Vegas comes back to win the series, Vegas would get home ice. But Boy, what an opportunity for the Islanders. Uh, but first, obviously, got to clear that hurdle of beating the Lightning, and that is not, by any means, an easy hurdle. We have got some news about Lou Lamorello. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day and a look ahead to Game 7. All that and more coming up on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Look. I'm a hockey guy, but I don't know a lot about cars. I turn the key, hit the gas, and it gets me where I need to go. But that's why I go to rockauto.com. They have all the parts your car will ever need from many, many different manufacturers. And look, chain stores may have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com has the same low prices for everybody, so you will not get ripped off. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and they have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, or even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, and they'll deliver it directly to your door. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day, and this guy was a uh, a favorite of mine when he played for the Islanders. I'm going to wish a very happy 56th birthday to former Islanders defenseman Uwe Krupp, the native of Cologne, Germany, originally drafted in the 11th round by the Buffalo Sabres back in 1983, 6'6", He was a big guy, and he did have some offensive skill in addition to physicality. 
joined the Islanders in 1991-92 in as part of the Pat LaFontaine trade and stayed with the team through the end of the 93-94 season. So he played for Buffalo, then the Islanders, then the Quebec Nordique followed them to Colorado uh, where he won a Stanley Cup with the Avalanche in 1996 and then finished up his NHL career with the Detroit Red Wings and briefly the Atlanta Thrashers. We're going to look at one of Uwe Krupp's better games with the Islanders March 20th, 1993 at the Pacific Coliseum in Vancouver. The Islanders with Mark Fitzpatrick in goal. Kay Whitmore was the netminder for the Canucks. And it was the Islanders getting on the board first. Tom Fitzgerald, his eighth from Uwe Krupp and Brian Mullen at 423. One to nothing. Islanders. Then the Islanders' power play gets underway with Peter Nedved in the box for hooking. Steve Thomas pots one, his 29th. Krupp and Jeff Norton with the assists, and it's two to nothing. Islanders. The Islanders' power play continues to work. Tim Hunter in the box for slashing. Uwe Krupp cashes in on the power play. Jeff Norton and Derek King with the helpers. Islanders up three nothing at the 12.56 mark of the period. Tom Fergus scores a power play goal, however, for Vancouver with Jeff Norton in the box, Yerke Lume and Trevor Linden, future Islander, uh, with the helpers, 3-1 Islanders after one. The Islanders add to their lead in the second period. Steve Thomas from Uwe Krupp, his third assist of the game, Thomas's 30th goal of the season at 109, and then on the power play with another future Islander, Gino Ojik in the box. Pierre Turgeon cashes in his 46th, another assist for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Uwe Krupp. A shorthanded goal by Peter Nedved made the score 5-2, but the Islanders got third-period goals from Ray Ferraro and Brian Mullen to close out the scoring and win this one going away. Final score is 7-2. Islanders get seven goals on just 28 shots. Mark Fitzpatrick with 28 saves in this game to earn the win. For Uwe Krupp, a goal and four assists in this game, a five-point night, uh, by far his best game in an Islanders uniform. And uh, he also had three shots on goal in this game. So again, a very happy uh, 56th birthday to big Uwe Krupp. The Islanders defenseman born in Cologne, Germany, and we wish him all the best on his birthday. Some uh, good news for Lou Lamorello of the New York Islanders for the second straight year. He is the winner of the Jim Gregory GM of the Year Award. The league made that announcement late Tuesday night. Mark Bergevin of Montreal and Bill Zito of Florida were the other finalists, and all the GMs vote on the award Uh they are members of the panel. There are a few others. And uh, the voting takes place after the second round of the playoffs. So the Islanders' long playoff run certainly didn't hurt Lou Lamorello in this one. Bergevin actually got more than uh, one more first place vote than Lamorello, but wasn't able to win it uh, because Bergevin only got four second place votes while Lou Lamorello got 13. And I think the Palmieri trade at the trade deadline this year. Uh, again, sort of reinforced the smartness of Lou Lamorello and how he is able to get his teams uh, to the promised land. And, and those two guys, Palmieri and Travis Zajac, have been a big part 
of their success. And, you know, the other thing you have to remember, the Islanders now one game away from the Stanley Cup final, and they've done it without Anders Lee, who was out of the lineup for the second straight, uh, you know, for the second half of the season. And the Islanders have still made this long playoff run. Game seven coming up. We'll have a full preview tomorrow, but let's just say this. The style of play that the Islanders showed you in game one of this series, in game four, especially in the second period, and then last, you know, last night in game six, that's the style they need to play. If they do that, if the Islanders play smart positional hockey and get good goaltending, they have a chance to win this series and go to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1984. And, you know, you look at the fact that this team has never been this close. This is the closest they've gotten to the Stanley Cup final since 1984. Last year they made the conference final, but they lost in six. Now we're going seven. 1993, they didn't go seven either against Montreal in that uh, Eastern Conference final. So now this is the closest they've come. One win away, 60 minutes, possibly more, from having a chance to win their first Stanley Cup since 1983 and go to the final for the first time since 1984. And just to let you know, no Islanders player on the current roster was even born in 1984, with one exception and one exception only, and that is Andy Green. Green was born October 30th, 1982, so when the Islanders last won the Stanley Cup, he was less than a year old, and when they were last in the Stanley Cup final, he was a little more than a year old uh, at, at that time, so uh, got to go way back, but uh, time for that to change, hopefully. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for us here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a full preview of Game 7 and, boy, Wow, uh, can't wait for Game 7 to get underway. The Islanders, again, with a chance to go to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time since 1984. Have a great day, everybody. Savor this win. It was a great moment. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!